Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, it's depression. First. Do you, you think the podcast could be better? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Do I think the content of the podcast could be better, or do I think the marketing of the podcast could be better? Probably both. Yes to both. Oh, uh, okay. No, I'll, I don't, okay, I'll I don't, step it I up. think the podcast is funny. I like the podcast. What? We cannot talk about the art I'll before we make up. the art. Uh, not the content of the I'm, podcast. Don't I'm step up. It up. Whatever you do, do up. not step I'm up the content of the podcast. I'm stepping it up. Okay. Here I'm, we go. I'll give you a count. And I'm going to step it up. Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. I appreciate what's going on in this uh, first couple minutes of the podcast because I think we're really stepping it up. We're bringing it to these, uh, your last podcasts on the left, these highly produced, very personality-driven podcasts. Uh, it's it's time, 218 episodes, and we really needed to, 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 we needed to go for it. Okay. We needed to, you know. Step it up. Step it up. Yeah, I don't know. There might have been a note that I received right before we uh, hit record uh, from my co-host, John, who told me I needed to step it up because he hates me. Hey, listen, you should never take advice from people you wouldn't take criticism from. Wait, no. The other way around. You should never take (laughs) criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. You should never take advice, only support. And you should never ask for forgiveness. (laughs) Only permission. (laughs) Wait a second. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. Today we're going to be talking about stuff. It's weird. I don't know. Look. We're John, living through the John, second John, strangest time of our lives. Wait, what was the first strangest? The coronavirus. Oh, And now we yes, are living right. with the latter half of the coronavirus in the United States of America in major metropolitan areas. And what can only be described as the twilight of coronavirus, yes, the new normal is dissolving back into its gross, ugly, normal self as businesses and the uh, the root of all evil capitalism is trying to rear its ugly head and fit things back into tiny boxes that we don't want to be put in. I really thought we killed capitalism in the coronavirus. It was very close. (laughs) I mean, it was really old. The chances of it getting it and dying were really high. It's funny because, of course, coronavirus. Um, at the at the beginning, you can even go back to our pod, like the early episodes of our podcast where coronavirus was happening. Like 
and the margins of the the zeitgeist, we were making jokes about it, and we were saying like, "Oh man, wouldn't it be good if some of these old guys died, and so we could like move on up and and progress?" But what happened was the old guys got it, had the best health care in the land, survived, and then turned turned around and said it wasn't so bad as half a million Americans perished. Yeah, I mean, we we were living through the darkest timeline because a lot of these people who, once again, I wish no ill, uh, physical ill on anyone, uh, but the worst people didn't get it, and some of the worst people did get it, and uh, only a couple, and not even like the high up ones on the list, if you were to be the kind of person who wished ill on people uh, had negative. I'm just saying Henry Kissinger is fine. Is he still alive? Yeah. Wait, the... I'm speaking... Am I thinking of Sparrow Agnew? Who was the guy on the right hand of Richard Nixon? Oh, I don't know. Okay, who is Henry Kissinger? He's a bad guy. He's a warmonger. Is he a senator? No, he is not a, he is not a senator. Was he a vice president? No. What the fuck is he? We'll look him up later. He's an okay. old monster. Eldritch? Yes, he is. He is an eldritch beast. He's an eldritch being. Wait, I thought you said you didn't have any beer tonight. I don't have beer, but thank you, Henry. I am drinking an A and W zero sugar root beer, zero calories per can, twelve fluid ounces, three hundred and fifty-five milliliters. And I I likewise have no beer, so I'm drinking rum and cokes, my drink of choice uh, lately. We uh we had we had. We H-A-D apostrophe V-E uh, liquor, but I did not get any of it for some reason. I don't know. I think I want to approach this podcast with clear head, full hearts, can't lose. I, I've got a whole system set up that I just thought of today. So in, in like a little thermos, I just have ice by itself so that I my second drink, I can put fresh ice in the glass. And I also put the can of Coke for mixing and a koozie, so that stays cold. So what I'm trying to say, John, is my second drink of the night is should be as cold as the first, and I might have a problem. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if that's self-care or functional alcoholism. Look, man, I only drink in the evenings. Sure. And that's when most people do their killing. <laughs> and you could still say they have a problem. I'm a functional serial killer. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm a serial killer, but I still get work done. Yeah, listen, I don't have to move my life around. It doesn't impact my work. I only kill in the evenings. I kill a little bit on the weekends when I'm around Look, friends. We all kill socially. So what's what's the matter if I meticulously plan this out down to every little detail and I get away scot-free every time? Listen, it's not... A problem. Sure, I can go to a social event and tell myself I'm not going to kill. Maybe I kill one or two people, but it's not a problem. Look, I went through the program. I accepted that there's a higher power and it's me and I get to decide who lives and dies. I've been through the 12 steps. And then I made amendments to everyone. It was a pretty short list because most of the people I was going to make amendments to were killed by my hand. And I ended up, I crossed off a few more names on that list, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I mean, I set up meetings with them and, you know. 
Yeah, I'd, lur- I'd lured them to uh, accepting me. Yeah, one thing leads to another, and, uh, you know. This bit might have run its course. Uh, Mayor of Easttown. Is that what we're talking about tonight? We're talking about Kate Winslet? No, I've watched one episode, and I've decided I'm going to watch all of it. But this, dear reader, is is not your Mayor of Easttown podcast that you yeah. thought it was. This isn't your dad's Mayor of Easttown podcast. <laughs> this isn't your... This isn't... Yeah. Oh, what are we talking about tonight, John? Uh, you know, I th- I thought that we would open the show... Uh, by doing a quick little check-in, uh, this does not happen very often on the podcast, but I thought we could check in with an old rascally scoundrel that we've covered in the past, because we were, in fact, uh, going to follow up on this subject before. I can only guess what this is. You, you gotta give me more to go on. Horses! Mmm! Of courses, you're right. That's right. That horse trainer who was caught doping his horse at the uh, uh, at the Kentucky Derby. Yes, uh, Bob Baffert, who was found uh, post race to allegedly uh, be doping his horse, Medina Spirit. <sighs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> you that root beer's doing a number on your uh, your insides, Medina Spirit, and we were going to follow up. <laughs> Was that not, was not, was that not clean enough? (laughs) I was trying to be professional. Was that not good enough? (laughs) Medina Spirit. (laughs) Uh, Medina Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yes, the horse's name is Medina Spirit. Okay, uh, Okay. and we were going to follow up to see if it could get into whatever the next horse race was. You I don't remember. It. it was called like Tippity Tits. <laughs> T- Tippy no, Downs the, um, or something. The, um, the, the Prequess. The Preakness. The Preakness. Pre- yes. Yeah, the Preakness. Uh, so uh, Medina Spirit, uh, at that point, highly suspected of, uh, of using drugs, allegedly delivered to the horse by its trainer, uh, Bob Baffert. Uh, Bob Baffert went on a lot of things, said it was cancel culture uh, that was right. trying to cancel his drug horse that he right. allegedly drugged. Right, and the horse was also racist, so that was <laughs> that was a, no, a whole a other thing. What a milkshake duck! What oh. a what a milk horse! Uh, so uh, that is where we left off. Will Bob Baffert get into the Preakness? Uh, who is the murderer? On- <laughs> Bob Baffert is not in the Preakness. Medina Spirit would be in the in Preakness. In lieu of Medina Spirit, Bob Baffert will be <laughs> as punishment. <laughs> he will be running the race himself <laughs> as punishment. Uh, however, uh, we did not know where that would go. And uh, as a quick update to where we are today, Medina Spirit did have the opportunity to run oh, in the Preakness, uh, being okay. the first horse in Triple Crown history to fail a drug test and then be allowed uh, to race in the Preakness. Uh, some, some, sounds like some squeaky hooves got some horse grease. I mean, honestly, it sounds like maybe they didn't want to deal with, let's be, let's be real and talk about the people who probably watch horse racing. Probably not a lot of people with like great political opinions. Yeah, they probably think horses should vote. 
I think they do not want horses to vote. I don't think they want anyone who looks anything. Uh, they probably want to marry horses. They uh, they might want to marry horses. That's entely possible. Uh, but these uh, horse uh, right activists, man. HR is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, the horse people, they said, <laughs> they said, yay, uh, and let the, let him race his horse in the Preakness. However, there is an update as of a few days ago. Okay. Uh, the, uh, I think it's called Ken- Kentucky Downs, whatever the place that holds the Kentucky Derby. Oh yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. It's whatever it is. Uh, I'm v- badly prepared for this story. Uh, however, they ran a second drug test on Medina Spirit, and Medina Spirit tested positive, pissed hot once again Wait. for banned substances. <laughs> after the race? Yes, after the race. This was after a, a different race. They're like, "Hey, Why? we're gonna we're gonna do a drug test on this horse just to see if uh, this is a pattern." I feel <laughs> okay. I have a few notes for the horse racing world. Um. Why do you drug test after the fucking race? <laughs> What's the point at that point? I mean, I think maybe they drug test. I I truly don't know. Maybe it's just easier. All the horses are in one place. Uh, but they tested Medina Spirit a second time. Medina Spirit pissed hot once again. And Medina Spirit has been stripped of their Kentucky Derby victory. Wait, no, the Preakness victory. No, the he uh, Medina Spirit did not win the Preakness to the best oh, of my knowledge. Okay. Uh, but Medina Spirit did win the Kentucky Derby. However, so after of, pissing oh, hot twice, okay. they took the Kentucky Derby away. Right, right. So they didn't initially, but you're saying after another race, with another round of drug testing that happens after the race, they were like, you know what? Two strikes, you're out. We're giving the, 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 the Derby win to uh, your mother's molars instead. Yeah, pretty actually decent horse name, uh, as far as horse names go. But Medina Spirit no longer has the Kentucky Derby win. Bob Baffert, uh, like all uh, old rich shitheads who don't get their way, has turned very litigious and is and is. And we're back. And we're back. What did I say before critical error occurred? I, I don't know. I don't know. Zen, so for those of you who don't know, which is everybody, because you weren't here, um, we're Zencaster, which is our, our telecommuting program that we use to record the podcast, has this new interface thing, and it just kind of messed up on us. Yeah, critical error, I believe, yeah. is what it said. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't get the critical error thing, so that I, I I honestly don't know what's happening. Well, regardless, horse pissed hot, lost title, old right. white man suing. Be- yes, he was getting litigious and and suing, but who is he suing? Oh, just like everybody, everybody, the horses, the horse racers. <laughs> is he wait, is he suing Medina Spirit for breach of contract? <laughs> He's... <laughs> He uh he go he comes into court one day and he has a badly photoshopped image of the horse injecting itself with testosterone. Right, right. Uh, the horse has the same trainer as Kamel Nanjiani. Whoa! Listen, what? we want to get Kamel on the podcast. Yeah, to talk about his fitness <laughs> and his and his what his trainer the the workout routines. Oh, what I. Uh, 
I'm tired of you attacking me. I just, I want Kamal on the podcast so I can find out, you know? I gotcha. Uh, So, did Mr. Buford Bufford go on any other talk shows and and cry the the songs of cancel culture once again now that his horse has twice pissed hot? To be honest with you, it seems like the media is pretty... The Bob Baffert's 15 minutes of fame are over. It doesn't really seem like he's getting a lot of interviews. And there isn't even a lot of press about his horse pissing hot a second time. People are kind of over this horse drama. Well, I'll, I'll let you in on a little thing, John. Uh, before you brought up the preakness last time we talked about this very situation, I had never heard of that. You really had never heard of the preakness at all? No, I've heard of the Kentucky Derby, and I know about the Triple Crown, and I know there's three races you have to win the Triple Crown, uh, but whenever people try to explain that to me, I tell them I do not care and I move on with my life. Wait, you really don't know what the third race you have to win to get the Triple Crown is? I don't even know what the second one is, John. It's the Kentucky Derby. Okay, John, I don't care about this. I'm going to move on with it's my life. It's the Preakness Stakes. So, uh, the Bears. <laughs> Come on, what's the third one? I don't know. It's got the word stakes in it. What? Think of Castlevania. Wooden stakes? <laughs> You're surprisingly close. A miserable pile of stakes? <laughs> uh, pretty close. What's the Simon who? Oh, right, right, right. So that new anime is pretty good, huh? Uh, no, I've never seen an anime. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Belmont Stakes? Belmont Stakes. That's very Castlevania. That's the third race. Anyway, that's horse news. Okay, well, I'm glad we covered it because so often we do not follow up on the stories we introduce. Uh, yeah, no, we we don't really at all. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't a lot to talk about there. I apologize. I do highly recommend the uh, the Castlevania anime on Netflix. It's uh, written by uh, Hugh Laurie? No. It's what? written by Alan Partridge? From the Partridge fit? Why are you... What is... <laughs> it's written by uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Isn't it written by, like, a uh, famous comic book guy... I don't know. Oh, I, th- I thought you had facts about it. No, I'm just recommending it because I liked it. I, I'm sp- <laughs> You've caught me completely off guard because normally people ask, well, oh, is it good? And I would say, yeah, it's pretty good. The animation's That's fine. not important. <laughs> but you you start straight jumping on it's written by I, Warren Ellis. Yeah, he's a comic book guy. Is he? Yeah. I don't know him from Adam. I listen. Apparently he wrote Retired Extremely Dangerous and Retired Extremely Dangerous 2. The movies? I don't Or the comic books? The I movies don't know. have Bruce <laughs> It's not Listen, Henry, it's not important if something oh is good God. or bad. <laughs> Or enjoyable. All that matters is who worked on it and what their names are. In Mayor of Easttown, Guy Pierce is in it. Do I know his character? No. Do I know the plot of it? 
No. Um. But Guy Pierce is in Mayor of Easttown, and that's all you need to know. Kate Winslet, Titanic. Hold on, I'm pulling up his bibliography. Guy Pierce? No. I don't know, man. He wrote a lot of shit. He's written everything. He wrote for X-Men. Yeah, he's a prolific comic book guy. He, wrote, he did the Castlevania movie show. It was fine. Why can't you admit that I'm right? About what? <laughs> About him working on Castlevania. <laughs> I just did. Okay. Fine. Oh my god. <clears throat> so it's good. <laughs> Horse racing. So it's good. Listen. <laughs> Can we need to dial this whole fucking podcast back? I'm gonna make ice noises. Okay. This podcast is uh this is what they in the industry call a blooper. Oh, is the whole episode's a blooper? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember when you would sit down to watch an episode of <laughs> family ties or whatever and uh they would say this episode is a blooper and then uh well that's not family ties what's the one with urkel i think that's family matters family matters uh yeah uh not that i ever watched it someone comes out like hey this episode's a blooper and then uh then the person who plays urkel comes out and they're like fuck (laughs) did i fuck them (laughs) Can I, can I have some fuck? Is that, is that, what would he say? Can I have some what? It's like, can I have some cheese? Are you going to eat cheese oh. or something? And then he got that cool machine that's turned him into Stefan Fuckel. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then, uh, you oh. know, the, the actor who played, uh, who played Urkel voiced Sonic the Fuckhog. He did? Yeah. What was his name? Jaheel White? Jaleel White. Jaleel. Jaleel White. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I did. I did know he voiced Sonic, uh, but now we all know Sonic is voiced by Ben Schwartz. Yes, uh, the now canonical voice of Sonic. I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say what. You can't say his canonical voice. Sorry. Uh, like this is really weird. Sega has is a. Is there really... a Sonic thing? I don't know. Sega has a really weird relationship with their voice actors for Sonic, and that none of them can be the official voice of Sonic. Not even the man who has done the voice of Sonic for the past like three decades. Wait, and, what do you? What? The, the the man who voices Sonic the Hedgehog in the video games. Uh, he used to be the official voice of Sonic, and then he was let go by Sega, but then rehired. And the way he worded his rehiring was, I'm very happy to be able to voice Sonic in upcoming projects, including video games. But did not make mention about the upcoming uh, Sonic Colors cartoon. Uh so he's no longer the official voice of Sonic? It's weird. Is that, is there an official voice of Sonic? I would assume it's anymore. like Ryan Drummond. No, there was for a long time, but not anymore. He was fired and rehired as the non-official voice. <laughs> so there is no voice. Sonic the Hedgehog has no voice. He has tons of voices is the, is the thing. He's got Ben Schwartz. He's got that video game guy. He's got Jaleel White. Like, he's got all these voices. But no 
No official voice. Strange. Yeah, it's like it's like they saw what Nintendo did with uh, the guy who has voiced Mario since the inception of Mario, and they were like, "Nope, not going to do that." I uh, did Ryan Drummond also voice Shadow the Hedgehog? This is content no one loves. Yeah, let's move on. What's your second thing you have to talk about? And <laughs> Great. Then we'll, just, we'll just dive into the hole. Uh, here's the second thing I have to talk about. This is something. Actually, this is a thing we have talked about on the podcast before. Uh, I think the last time we talked about it, we were in person, and it made me very mad. Oh, great. Uh, So, you know, uh, it won't make me mad this time. But, Henry. Uh, John? Have you ever heard of a little thing called chicken? The animal or the food made of animal? Or the game where you almost run into somebody with your car? I think the first two, yes, also are the same. There's there's no what? such thing as an animal and then a food made from that animal. It's just the animal. Okay, but yeah, that's why cow and beef. Come on. Use listen, your head. Listen. Use your head. They're the same. Use your uh, head. Now, chicken. Words. There was a chicken. <laughs> there was a chicken event. What? There was an event of the season. Involving chicken. You might remember a little thing in the pre-COVID universe before half a million Americans died and we realized that society is a sham, where people were really incensed about certain kinds of fried chicken sandwiches. Oh, that is correct. You are right. Yeah, right before the very year of COVID, in fact, there was a big phenomenal event in that Popeye's released a chicken sandwich that made people lose their effing minds. Which is fair, because Popeye's is good. Uh, Now, is there any correlation between the fact that uh, early on there was a theory that the coronavirus spread because of inhumane conditions in meatpacking plants in other countries? Who knows? But the chicken sandwich war raged on until the coronavirus happened. Yeah, finally we had a guilt-free, delicious chicken sandwich. We didn't... No longer were we forced to give patronage to Chick-fil-A, who has, I don't know, a decent sandwich, but who routinely gives money to very problematic causes. And then they walk back that they gave that money or now they're trying to do better only for time and time again for people to look into their donations and where their money goes just to find that, no, they're still funding the same shit. Yeah, I mean, they fund truly awful things. Uh, they fund organizations that do, like, sex education in other countries that teaches that homosexuality is evil. Like, right. uh, Chick-fil-A, I think on the, like, continuum of evangelical right businesses uh, and how they spend their money, there's, like, the far extremes with your Hobby Lobbies that straight up, like, steal artifacts from Iraq uh, and then put them in weird museums in Washington, D.C. in cardboard boxes to spark a conversation about Christ. Insane. Read about Hobby Lobby. That's really funny. Uh, Chick-fil-A is, is more in the middle, uh, the more, like, acceptable face of really awful organizations because people do love them from Chick-fil-A, even though they have arguably the the most, like, insidious backdoor donation scheme of any far-right evangelical business. 
It's true, but now a new contender is rising up in the chicken sandwich wars, and it's a name you might be familiar with. That's right, Burger King. Yes, Burger King has unleashed their new uh, chicken sandwich. By the way, jumping back real quick, uh, no such thing as a guilt-free chicken sandwich, but the chicken, the Burger King, the restaurant that brought you the Whopper... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the, why are you hype? Why are you introducing people? Know what Burger King the is? The restaurant that brought you the Whopper, the longer Whopper, the French fries made of chicken, the cinnamon toast sticks, the Impossible Whopper. Um, what else is Burger King made? The little onion rings. <laughs> Uh, now I want some of those little onion rings. Uh, the restaurant that brought you a whole bunch of dumb shit now brings you a chicken sandwich. Hooray! That's right. But there is a catch with this chicken sandwich, John, and I think we brought this up because you already know it, right? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, so uh, in – I don't know if you know this about me, listeners, or Henry. Uh, I know nothing I- about this man. I've never seen him before in my life. Isn't that right? Wink. Uh, Wink, I'm a big fan of what you might call Twitter clapback brand conversations. That's right. I love when brands communicate, and I especially love when people say they throw shade on other corporations because people are, like, stealing language from the ballroom community. I love when people talk about brands talking on social media. Uh, especially when the brands talk to each other. And boy, did Burger King talk to a brand. Uh, Burger King tweeted, and I, and I quote, I'm going to read this uh, verbatim uh, the way that it is uh, laid out as a tweet. <laughs> um, the hashtag Chick King says LGBTQ plus rights during hashtag Pride Month. Open parentheses, even on Sundays, eyes, close parentheses, your chicken sandwich craving can do good. We are making a donation, asterisk, to at HRC for every chicken sold pride flag. That's right. In the month of pride, which I assume is June. Nailed it. It's a dumb sentence. Uh, Yes, every chicken sandwich sold Buy a Burger King at a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it possible? <laughs> Certainly a chicken sandwich sold at a Burger King, but not by Burger King would not would not qualify for the offer. I guess if there's a middleman buying sandwiches, <laughs> but then going to the back of the Burger King and selling them, I guess those it's a legal loophole. Yeah. Um, all of the chicken sandwiches sold by Burger King in the month of June, they'll they'll make a donation to an LBGQ plus. I feel like I forgot a T. I think I did. LGBTQ. Thank plus. you. LGBTQIA plus. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, but to uh, HRC, it was the name of the, the the charity. Yes, the Human Rights Campaign. One of the uh, one of the oldest. Uh, Human rights campaigns. Right. And uh, I forget throwing, how they market themselves. Throwing a little bit of shade on a certain other organization in the process. Yes. Uh, even on Sundays. Eyes. Which eyes. I think that there's uh, there's a couple things going on in this tweet. Time to do John's famous Twitter analysis. First of all. Hold uh, on. The, yes. 
It's time for John's famous Twitter analysis. It's been so long since I've done one of these. I forgot. I forgot I needed to leave space for the theme. Uh, but here we go. There's an asterisk after the word donation, and I believe that is they will donate forty cents on every chicken sandwich bought. Wait, fuck that. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's like 40 cents on every sandwich, so not not like oh. even a dollar. How much is a sandwich? It's got to be like 5 or 6 dollars. Hold on, hold on. We're going to we're getting to the bottom of this. Oh, chicken sandwich uh price. Turns out it really thinks I'm typing checking. <laughs> nope, it thinks I'm typing choking. Yeah, um this is pro how the fuck do I spell the name of the sandwich? Okay, I found it, I found it. Uh, well, no, you keep looking up the price, but the fast food chain announced it will donate, <laughs> this sucks, will donate 40 cents for every chicken sandwich sold through June 20th. So oh, 17 not even days. the full month. So 17 days from the tweet to the Human Rights Campaign, which is America's largest LGBTQ plus civil rights organization, officials said the maximum donation will be $250,000. Okay, wow. Uh, for the record, the price, the suggested retail price. MSRP. Yeah, for Burger King's Chiking, and that's not how I thought it would be spelled. Sandwich will be $3.99 to $4.99, depending on location. Um, so that's like le- a less of a percentage than some billionaires pay in taxes. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's 10%. 10% or less uh, right. will go with a maximum donation all time being $250,000. Gotta say, if you're uh, if you're trying to hype up your chicken sandwich and do this, maybe donate a dollar if you're just going to run it right. for 17 days. It's really weird in your, your clap back or throw shade tweet to include like a legal footnote that spells out exactly what you're doing. And that spelling out reveals that you're not really doing great. <laughs> I mean, this is just you're another doing, in, a, in a long yeah. line of large corporations not really doing what they should when they start donating money. I think the Burger King Corporation probably has more than enough money right. to do this. I, I, so it's better than doing nothing at all, which is is fine, but... There's a strange thing that happens in June, and, and the entire internet calls every corporation out on this. But uh, Pride Month is great. There's nothing wrong with Pride Month. Uh, I, I don't mean to to like I'm not trying to besmirch the the intention behind the month. But all of these corporations switch their colors to a rainbow flag, and, and they they do these little initiatives to show. That, but all it is is a stunt that's like, hey, look. You can spend your money with us. We're we're just like you, even though we're faceless, nameless corporations that really only see you as potential customers and not actual people. I mean, the number of corporations, I mean, you can, I'm sure like Raytheon has a pride flag in the background while they're bombing buses or whatever, or supplying munitions to help people uh, bomb buses. But like Bank of America had a pride flag in the background. And in 2017, uh, HRC, the human rights campaign we're talking about, rejected a $350,000 donation from Bank of America. 
because the banking giant had a role in brokering the false repeal of North Carolina's law targeting LGBT people. Yet, Bank of America can just put a pride flag and say, bank with us, we're good, you know? Right, yeah. It's as though on June 1st, all of the these faceless norm whatever faceless nameless corporations who have done horrible things in the complete opposite direction get to put on a rainbow flag mask and pretend as though they're allies when really they're funding initiatives and and giving money to uh, politicians who have the complete what's the opposite of help um, the, the, in, the intentions of hurting the, those very same people they claim to be uh, celebrating. Yeah, I'm sure there's like just some social media intern or someone on Fiverr or Upwork or something who gets the ticket to add right. a rainbow flag to yeah. to just some company, and it's not their fault, but. It, it just shows how deeply disconnected these companies are from the people they serve in that they just want a little tiny bit of clout and they have really no connection to the things they have done to this community in the past. I don't think it matters to them. Yeah, it's just a way to drum up more support or, or goodwill or uh, to use this term even though I hate it, uh, virtual virtue signal to get social clout and maybe more sales. Well, I mean, the problem with the term virtue signaling is that it's extremely useful in its original intention, which is what we're talking about. Uh, but virtue signaling is like turned been, into a thing that yeah, it's that, been co-opted. It's been co-opted by shitty right-wing people to be like, oh, you made a post about civil rights? Way to, way to virtue signal, soy right. boy. Uh, so a perfect example of this happened on June. Well, I'll give you the full timeline. On June 1st, Disney tweeted out a picture of their classic cartoons, you know, Donald, Daisy, Minnie, Goofy, and Mickey, all walking across a, a rainbow plus some extra color flags. With the, uh, the caption, there's room for everyone under the rainbow. Happy hashtag Pride Month. On June 2nd, the creator of Gravity Falls, Alex Hirsch, tweeted, uh, quote tweeted this post with uh, the following. Disney privately, colon, cut the gay scene. We might lose precious pennies from Russia and China. Mm. Disney publicly, clown face, honk honk. We put rainbow bumper sticker on Lightning McQueen today. Consume our products, teens. Uh, I I do love that Alex Hirsch did that, and his show is on Disney Plus. Right. Uh, so, and um, it, it, you you could scan Gravity Falls and kind of miss it. Like, what could he possibly be talking about? And then you remember the cops, John. Oh, right, the cops. The cops were supposed to be openly gay, but they had to be walked back to be goofy, gay-coded characters where adults, you know, will make their conclusions and kids might read it as them just being goofy. I uh, I know that there's one person who is, uh, hold on, I actually don't know the name of this product. Uh, Disney has terrible relations with uh, representing uh, people uh, in the LGBTQ community. Uh, 
what is it, Dear Evan Hansen or something? The new movie coming out that's also based on a musical? Uh, yes. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen. I, I think that, I don't know, I'm I'm barely prepared for this. Uh, well, you want a second to look it up? No. Yes. Okay. Uh, what? I'll, I'll take it. I can clap. Yeah. And all of this is like... And all of their, like, first gay characters are terrible. Oh, all Disney's? Yeah. Yeah, no, they've, they've had every every movie they've released in the past, uh, like, say, two years ha- has been, has made headlines for including the first gay character. And then there's nothing. <laughs> there's no main character. It's like a background character, two, two women who hug <laughs> in yeah. the background of a scene. Yeah, no, D- Disney keeps trying... That, that's virtual virtue signaling. I think. Yeah. I also, I can't find the thing I'm looking at. So what well, we're the, already back in the podcast anyway, yeah, because we started I, talking about this. Yeah, no, that is exactly what it is. Disney, uh, is, is very bad. Uh, Disney yeah, no, is very so, bad at doing that. It is virtue signaling. It would be one thing if they actually just embraced it and made a character full on. Well, I don't know what I mean by full on, but just from the get go out and about, if you will, and like, just had it be a thing, and addressed it, and they would have to be a like part of the main cast, not a background cast hugging, or or any or like anything like that. But because they keep kind of doing this, they keep getting articles like "Let's celebrate Disney for their first in- inclusion of an openly gay character," and it's kind of like you can't have more than one first movie like that. Yeah, it's it's just a cash grab. And to be honest with you, I think everyone could stand to learn a little bit. Uh, it's not a perfect example, but like Marvel Studios, right? I've heard they of made, them. They made a Black Panther movie. Russia and China did not like Black Panther so much. Um, and, the, you know, who can say why? Uh, but they did not. And you know what? Marvel is still fantastically successful and that is widely regarded as like one of the bravest and best things they did. Right. Uh, even though Marvel Studios is not a brave or particularly well-meaning company. Uh, but that is, I don't know. I feel like you could learn from them and make a big budget thing that maybe China and Russia wouldn't like so much, but who cares? This is the major problem that we're facing in corporate Hollywood. Uh, we, we, Saw an example of this just probably last week with John Cena, who's going to be in the new Fast and Furious movie, F9, colon, The Fast Saga. And uh, he previously made comments acknowledging Taiwan as a company. As a company? Oh, no. <laughs> acknowledging Taiwan as a country, um, probably with the best intentions, maybe not really knowing the political sort of thing surrounding Taiwan, who knows? Who knows why he said it, but he did say it. And then flash forward to a week ago, and he had to walk back those comments because the Fast and Furious movies are huge in China, and China subjugates the country of Taiwan and just wanted it walked back so that people don't get the idea that they're doing something wrong. And so you've got literally probably one of the world's strongest men, if not in character, but in muscles, bowing down to a, a, reg- a foreign regime 
because the movie might not make as much money. And you know he only did it because the Universal executives who make the decisions and make the money probably forced them to, into making a statement. I mean, it's very easy to have a conversation with John Cena where you say, hey, we could kill your character off screen. Do you see what we can do with Paul Walker? We can put your face on anybody and Holy then shoot shit. them in the head. <laughs> when you say a vague sentence like, do you see what we can do to <laughs> Paul okay. Walker? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I understand that now. But you know what I mean. Right. You mean like deep fake his head onto somebody else's body, which it would be pretty hilarious because they would have to be just as jacked, right? Well, unfortunately, they're doing it on the same guy they deep faked Paul Walker onto. Oh, uh, so no. it looks very strange. That was his brother, by the way. Yeah, his brother. <laughs> same uh, thing. Unfortunately, they can only afford Danny DeVito. Oh, no. This is a real twins situation. I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would watch it, and uh, Taiwan's a country. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, all of this is to say money is ruining what ostensibly should be good intentions. I mean, I think it's interesting from the standpoint of us in America being the hub of these like huge multi-billions upon billions of dollars uh, multimedia companies. And uh, I, I think that kind of an essential part of the American myth is that we stand up for human rights abuses around the globe. Like, we shouldn't be global police. I don't like that we are, but we like right. to believe we are. Right. So, like, I don't know. Is, is there some kind of, like, cultural sickness going on? Is there something that happens in people's minds and hearts when they see John Cena, America's hero, uh, go up and then defend human rights abuses by another country for the purposes of making millions of dollars. Like, are we that emotionally and societally bankrupt? Who knows? I mean, the answer is just like a vague probably. Yeah. I mean, everyone just wants to be a fucking TikTok movie star millionaire. Who cares? Aspirational life is the only thing that matters. Can we talk about Chick-fil-A? Yeah, hold on. Sorry, it's time for drink number three. Drink number three uh, means we got to speed up the podcast because after drink number three, you become difficult. Uh, like I haven't been difficult this whole fucking time. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so Sorry, my, my work brings out a, a, a bad side of me. So Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, speaking of a bad side of people, uh, don't go to Chick-fil-A. Right. No, absolutely. You've got tons of options. Whether or not you agree with Burger King's weird donation price tier bullshit, that's an option. Popeye's has a chicken sandwich. And also, uh, if you are in the Texas state and you are in the cities around San Antonio, Austin, Houston, and Dallas, check out the Pollo Project. It, it is a, a vegan chicken place, and I believe they have a sandwich and uh, so you can you can have a truly guilt-free chicken sandwich experience because you're not feeding them the factory farming. Wow, the last thing I thought you would bring up is the Pollo Project. They're quite good. Are they good? I, I found about I found out about them today. Really? Uh, yes, uh, because I, I, I went into the, a hole of this this chicken sandwich wars thing, and somebody brought them up. Apparently, 
when they were founded, which was very recently, I want to say 2018, uh, they, they were founded with the mission that they wanted to put Chick-fil-A out of business by 2030. Yeah, the, their entire thing is the locations that they now, especially in, in San Antonio, the locations they take residences in are uh, Chick-fil-A, Popeyes, churches, whatever, just chicken restaurant locations that, that, that they can buy out and make no longer exist. Right. Now, this would be uh, probably especially difficult of a goal because um, for some reason, I don't know why, Chick-fil-A is the most profitable fast food chain in the world. I I mean, there's got to be some kind of like Christian magic going on behind the scenes. I don't know. Um, but maybe, I don't get it. May, maybe it's dark money. You know, maybe it's. It's politics. No, because they funnel the money to the politicians. Politicians don't funny, funnel money back. Yeah, it's uh, it it goes to all the to all the people that hate the gays. So I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying, even even separate from and yes, you can go Burger King, whatever. You can go to a lot of places that exploit people's excess labor and don't pay them enough. Look, John, I'm trying to. I threw you a bone with the Poyo Project. Stop Look, throwing me under the it. bus for all these other social issues. <laughs> Listen, there's no way to win. All right, I'm sorry. I'm listening. There's no way to win, but I'm saying it's all a spectrum, right? The worst thing you can do is go to Chick-fil-A because I just don't get it. Even going to a Chick-fil-A, like, yeah, they have good customer service, but I don't care. Their fruit cups aren't good. When I ate meat, their chicken sandwich wasn't even that good. Like, who cares? No, um, their waffle fries aren't even a particularly good version of waffle fries. Okay, I went on the record. Their waffle fries fucking suck. They're too thick. They suck. They're no good. Well, and and waffle fries in general. This might be a controversial statement. Uh, Waffle fries in general suck. I I like a waffle fry, but I'm gonna say it's not on my list of. If there's like 10 different kind of fries you can get, I don't think it cracks the top five. Right. And, and you know, I, I don't know who Arby's donates money to, but for the record, their curly fries um, are probably the best fast food fries in the market. Real talk. Curly yeah. fries are where it's at. Any right. place that has like curly fries or seasoned fries, top oh, of the yeah. list. Oh, man. Popeye's used to have the best fries. I don't know what happened. I mean, people discovered this as part of the chicken sandwich wars. Uh, unfortunately, I think a certain kind of person learned about Popeyes, but the rest of us in society have known about Popeyes. Yeah, uh, and Popeyes is the best fast food restaurant. It, it really is. But I, I swear, as a kid, those Popeyes fries—they were like firm and spiced and like just so good. But now, and it might be because I get delivery. I, I don't know. The fries are always like kind of kind of limp, kind of damp, and just not not that great. I've never had a good delivery fry. I, I don't think it takes to the medium well. A fry okay. does not survive a 17-minute car ride in a Toyota Corolla. It just doesn't. Or a Prius. Or a Prius. All right. So <laughs> maybe it's you, – you know how evolution – or nece- wait, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention – we need to find a way to make fries last good in the delivery car. Oh, I've thought of it. Oh, what is it? 
you find a way to keep oil boiling. Oh my god. In a, in a moving vehicle. In a moving vehicle, and you suspend the fries over it, mm. and you flash fry the fries, and you grab them out of it quickly, and then oh put god. them in the container, and then run them to the door. All right, so um, I, I feel like I'd attracted you yet again. What's the alternative to Chick-fil-A that's not another restaurant? Oh, I don't know. Just go to something local. Uh, but you'll probably pay more for a sandwich. Right. I'm just saying, I don't get it. Chick-fil-A sucks. Why would you go there? Right. Okay. Uh, however, within this conversation, I did want to have it out with you real quick. Mm. Uh, Let's fucking throw down, you son of a bitch. Best chain fry. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Chain fry. Yes, it has to be a chain. I can't be hyper local, but can be, you know, regional. Region. Okay. Well, I I still, I I think I already said it. And and this was, this is a discovery of the past year, John. I I never went to an Arby's before the world shut down and I was just desperate for a restaurant. Uh, But Arby's has the best chain fry by, by far. I mean, you get some of those curly fries, you dip them in the horsey sauce. I get it. Well, it's it's like they're battered. They're, they're like battered. Other fries are, are not. They're just fried. But these have like a crunchy, crispy coating to them. Yeah. And, and like I, I don't even really care about the shape. Like it, it, it's really – it all comes down to the battering mm-hmm. and that crisp, crunchy little, little, little snap to them. That uh, that's the they're a really good fry, and it might be because beer battered fries I think are the, the the perfect form of the fry. I get it. I think I can accept that as like a divergent choice. Uh, whereas I, uh, my best chain fry, and I think we're gonna agree to disagree. Okay, is one that I have had many times and greatly enjoyed, but only recently, very recently, uh, did I try one and realize what I was truly holding in my hand, and I get it. There's a lot going on to distract you from the experience, but I would highly suggest that everyone out there really taste an Alamo Draft House French fry. Oh, hell yeah. Sorry. Because they're perfect. They're really good. The Alamo Draft House French fries are really good. Uh, they don't come to mind because I don't I don't think of them as fast food. Yeah. You, no one thinks, I mean, they're, they're chain fries. They're also like the most expensive French fries you're going to buy. <laughs> right. Right, but no, but they're 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 similarly battered. Like they're they batter them with something before they fry them, because um, they have that that again that that, that coating, and they they are very they're like they're perfect level of salt, perfect level of heat. They're really great. I think they use the right potatoes. Got to be a russet. I think they're parboiled, and then I think they're fried really hot for a second, and maybe. Since they're russets and they're parboiled, maybe they parboil them with a little bit of baking soda. Maybe they get a little bit of a potato crust on the outside. I don't know. They're perfect. Yeah. No, they're really good. I, um, I'm a ketchup fiend. I'll be the first to admit it. I mean, you wear that shirt everywhere. I mean. It's covered I, in ketchup. <laughs> it, it was white when I bought it. <laughs> and it does say ketchup fiend on it. Yeah, I wrote that myself in Sharpie. Um, but... No, th- th- those fries are really, really good with ketchup. Like, oh man, they are perfect with ketchup. And J- my 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 dear wife Jamie does not. She she used to partake of the ketchup. She used to be lost in the sauce, but she's since found herself 
And so she'll give me her little cup of ketchup, and I am just in ketchup heaven. You know, I did not eat ketchup for about 10 years of my life. It's, I, I will be the first to admit, like, the sugar content of ketchup is probably why, a little in part, besides the alcohol, why am I, I, I am in the shape that I'm in. <laughs> but, Which uh, is the shape of ketchup. Which is also the sequel to The Shape of Water. And uh, unfortunately, it earned a Razzie instead of a, an Oscar. Weird. Yeah, it's not even out yet. Yeah, I know. Really weird. Really very, very What's strange. What's that camera of the Toro up to? <laughs> what? What's that camera of the Toro up to? What are we talking about right now? What is that Guillermo? <laughs> <I know. laughs> Guillermo. Uh, he made Crimson Peak. I watched that, but it's pretty, um, it's pretty good. I don't. I, I feel like asking what is one director up to lately is the same as asking what is the entire fucking movie industry doing right now. I want to know their projects. Yeah, I, uh, I, I truly don't know. Guillermo. Guillermo. Ah, that's how you spell it, not how I was spelling it. Yeah, he's working on stuff. Yeah, they all are. Uh, what all of this is to say. If I can just bring us back to center for a moment. Yes. And uh, I've been living this truth for the past. I want to say it's been not counting the last year because the last year doesn't count. I want to say it's been two years since I've eaten at a a Chick-fil-A. Just stop going. Stop going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot easier than people think to stop going to a particularly chicken restaurant. It's like, especially if you know somebody and you do know somebody in the LGBTQIA plus community, because we all do. Because they're human and you know a human, you know a fellow human. Like, they're just people. You know people. You probably know one. And if you know one, you shouldn't go. Like, because... It would be like if McDonald's suddenly suddenly was like everyone we, we donate to a, an organization that actively wants to kill people in the middle class. So just think of that and don't go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple calculus. You said it well. Don't patronize businesses that have a track record of hurting your friends with their money. And if you've never been to a Popeye's – which is ludicrous to me because I grew up in Louisiana and the Popeye's in my hometown was the most popular restaurant. If you've never been to a Popeye's, go to a fucking Popeye's. What's your problem? I don't care who you are. Get a biscuit. Oh, man, they're biscuits. This is a weird thing to me. No lie. I used to eat those biscuits plain. Nothing on them. And I would oh, just yeah. scarf Absolutely. them down and they were delicious. Yeah. I I mean, I never put anything on a Popeye's biscuit when I was still in a position to eat them. Right. Exactly. I understand your situation. They're just perfect. <laughs> they're 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 perfectly sweet, savory, they're great. I went this is was a weird this was culture shock. I experienced absolute culture shock. I visited my my she was my wife. My wife at the time. 
She's still my wife. Why did I say that? <laughs> I, vis- I was visiting her family and they brought out some Popeye's leftovers and people like were breaking out jelly and butter and cutting the biscuit in half and buttering and jellying the biscuit. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? It's perfect like it is. It was blaspheme. And then recently Popeye's had a, a, a National Biscuit Day campaign and you had to use the hashtag, hashtag so dry to get a free drink and biscuit with a, with a purchase of like a, a regular entree. And I was like, what, what is this narrative that's being built around the Popeye's biscuit where people are finding it dry? It, it it's not, it was never dry. It's, it's never been dry. Yeah. I don't know what this Mandela effect with the Popeye's biscuit is. I, I feel like a lot of changes have happened to that franchise. Cause I know it got bought out by a, like it used to be owned by the Copeland family, which was like one of the big restaurant families in, in New Orleans. And I know it's been bought out by like a national chain. And I I can only imagine what changes have actually happened to the recipes and stuff. But it, it does feel like a Mandela effect where I've slid into a universe where people don't like Popeye's as much. And I'm like, why? It's it's like you said, it's the best fast food restaurant for people who can consume uh, animal byproducts and products. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing has never changed about Popeyes, though. The service I've, is a little slow. I've never felt more and less like a human being in a Popeyes, and yeah. then when you go into a Popeyes, you are essentially invisible. It's amazing, <laughs> even to the people who are serving you. No, I have stood great. at the counter of a Popeyes, and the person taking my order has looked through me. Yeah. No, Popeyes is is the great equalizer in that you the customer does not matter to a Popeyes. <laughs> Objectively, my favorite thing about those dumb chicken sandwich wars were all these like people all over Instagram mm. who were like food influencers or whatever. They're complaining like, about the service at Popeyes. Yeah, they're like, this sandwich is good, but this person was so rude. I'm like, welcome to Popeyes. Yeah. This is just what happens. No, no. So the, the thing about – so it was the most popular restaurant in my my hometown. If your metric for how popular a restaurant is is like the line for the drive through and the people going out the door just because you move at the speed at, of Popeye's, which, which, um, it, which is to say that you, you're going to get your food just – it might take a while. I, I remember the one of the last times I was ever in a Popeyes. I was behind a very like nervous looking older white guy, and uh, he ordered it. And they said okay, and he's like, "Well, do you know when it'll be ready?" And it's like he became a ghost. Yeah, because nothing he said from that point on was registered at all by the people working in the restaurant. It was amazing. If you comment on the speed of Popeye's to the people working at Popeye's, you might as well walk out and and just not be a person anymore. Because, like, Popeye's can be one of the greatest restaurant experiences of your life. Or it could be one of the worst. It all comes down to how you treat the employees, which I want to emphasize is how it should be. <laughs> Absolutely. The Popeyes is the only restaurant where the employees realize they are the ones with the power. Right. Um, but it, it's funny because they do move at their own speed, the, the, the people of Popeyes and Popeyes in general, uh, which I feel like a weird national – like a national advertising chain. What are they called? Advertising firm like met with Popeyes and they were like, 
Right now, your slogan is love that chicken from Popeye's, which is good, but I feel like we can do better. And we're going to make a joke out of sort of your service. So your new slogan is Louisiana fast, which is to say slow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is to say lanyapish. Yeah. Louisiana fast, which, yeah, lan- definitely lanyapish. But like, I grew up in the Big Easy. Nothing is done fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean,. Uh, one of the most jarring experiences is anytime we visit New Orleans from being in Austin, because Austin is ruled by Yelp reviews and Instagram feeds. Uh, so like if we want to know if anything's happening at a restaurant, when it opens, special hours, special offers, go to their Instagram. Anytime we go to New Orleans, no Instagram businesses do not open on time, nor do they close on time. Uh, and they may never open at all. Right. Depending on the owner. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That is the way life should be. I, I say that totally unironically. It, it might be the French roots or the Spanish roots or just the European influence of the city. New Orleans is like the closest thing we have to like a, a European city. New Orleans is like the city you go to in the RPG that's like the weird city. It's yeah. got like the shoe puff in it. Yeah, it's got like the, uh, the cult runs the town the cult runs the town there's a shoe puff we've all been there you keep saying shoe puff am i missing something shoot rides a shoe puff shoe puff is waiting no final fantasy 10 nobody never played one past four sorry i gotcha that's fine it's not yeah. worth it Blitzball. is 10 the one with titus yeah oh titus laughing Blitzball, whole thing right Okay. No, I ne- I never played one after four. You should play I seven. Have, I have seven remake. I have seven remake for the PlayStation Four. I have seven. I have not sat down to actually like play it. I mean, Final Fantasy Seven is one of my favorite video games of all time, and I can't bring myself to play remake. It's just a lot. I'm old. It's weird because now I have less time to play games, and I I recently bought this really great computer. And I'm like, I want to play a really good-looking game. So uh, I got, I, I still have the Xbox Games Pass for PC, and Control was on that that Games Pass, and I downloaded Control, all like 51 gigs of it, and I started playing it, and it looks amazing, and like the reflections were rendered in real time because I enabled the ray tracing, and it looked like beautiful. And I, I, I found myself sitting through that game and just trying to rush through it because I was like, I want to experience it at all. And, and, and like, I don't have a lot of time. So I'm just rushing through this game and I beat the entire game. But there were these side missions that I kind of ignored. So like, I was like, all right, I guess I'll check out like a side mission. And I do a side mission and I unlocked the ability to dodge. Hey, unintentional hard mode. After I beat the game. I, uh, I've gotten to a, pl- a place with video games where if they introduce, like, an unusual reload mechanic, I'm like, this is just too much. <laughs> I just stop playing. It's, uh, it's really bad. Uh, yeah, have, so control would so, be... I have so little 
desire yeah. for onboarding new information when I have very limited time. What, what do you mean by an unusual reload mechanic? Like if I play a video game and they're like, hey, if you time your reload, you'll reload a little bit faster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or the like charging up thing that control right. does or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. And control, for those of you who don't know, your, your gun is unlimited bullets. just takes a little bit of time to recharge. Um, which is to say you've got this ability to also lift things with your mind and throw them that does way more damage with your bullets. So really you should be lifting and throwing things with your mind and then using the gun when that's on <laughs> recharge. Yeah. Still it's to me, it's any, any game where it's, and then I'll turn yeah. around and play like seven hours of Stardew Valley. So I don't know what I'm doing with my time. Uh, I feel like we, have stopped talking about things of importance. Don't go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Don't go to Chick-fil-A. Play Stardew Valley. Play Control. Never dodge. Yeah. Um, we're in a weird situation because I have to like add the time from one recording to the other, but subtract the pre-roll from the first. So I think we're there. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely there. And I think if we're... At the point where we are... This is uh, some capital B, capital C, bad content. <laughs> this is some capital B, Bontent. And if you want to send us your Bontent, I don't know, uh, you can have, do so. I'm having so much fun. I, don't, I never want to stop. <laughs> this is I, what happens when liquor is involved. You have well, I, a lot of fun on the podcast. Also, sad note, I'll make this really quick. Uh, I've had to return to the office for my job, and uh, since I've had to do that, doing this podcast is a, is now an escape, and I, I revel in it, and I, I'm in, I'm emboldened by it, and now I'm going to shut up. John's doing the social media plugs. I'm glad you're having fun with it. When we first got the puppy, the uh, the podcast was my escape from his constant screaming, um, and now his uh, constant screaming haunts me wherever I go, and there is no escape. And if you would like to scream at us. <laughs> And there will be no escape from your screams. You can do so via social media, which is the only thing it's good for. Bo Burnham uh, on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ, which stands for Henry. Zenith can't patrol. Patrol? Patrol. Patrol. Zenith can't patrol Canadians without his gerb. This is the, you know, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but this was one of the few times where you actually took a genuine stab at coming up with an acronym. We did that. That's for like how good I episodes. fucking feel about doing the podcast. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm radiating positive energy here. This is for the first time in years. I love doing this. <laughs> oh, no. The, uh. I, I love that uh, your your enthusiasm elicited a dog barking. Oh, you heard that? I'm sorry, Deli. No, they're, uh, they're our co-hosts on the podcast now with their screams and their barks. And if you want to scream and bark at us on uh, on an email, you can do so to email at zerocredits.net. It is a website. <laughs> we are on... Spotify. Yes. You can search on Spotify for us by searching for zero credits in the podcast section of Spotify. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts on Spotify. The yeah. interface is not amazing. I use Google Podcasts. We are also on Google Podcasts. Oh, no. Google Podcasts aggregates our podcast really weird. I, I would not 
I, I don't recommend it. For don't go credits. to Google Podcasts to listen to our podcast there. Maybe because we don't add metadata. It, it could be that, but like every other podcast scratcher does us really well, like doesn't do us dirty. Wait, hold on. I haven't checked this in a while and I'm checking it live on air. Keep going. You should use whatever podcast tool you use that displays our podcast correctly. Oh, they, scrape, all us, other... they scrape us fine now. I don't know. When it first launched, Google Podcasts scraped us really weird, but it seems like they got their shit in order and they, they scrape us fine. So that's fine. Use Google Podcasts. Use anything but Stitcher, uh, which I don't think picks us up. Uh, uh, no, because, well, I don't know. We could be on Stitcher. That's an offline discussion. I'll shut up. If you have an iMac, one of the little uh, purples, if we have a little purple, uh, you can follow us on Apple Music Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Search for Zero Creds Podcasts on the Apple Podcast Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best ways people can learn about the show is for you to like and comment and uh, leave a four or five. No. Five stars. No, four stars. Yeah, leave, leave us leave exclusively us a four star reviews, please. Uh, don't do that. Uh, and the most important thing that you can do is to tell your friends now that we're all uh, returning to normal in large metropolitan areas of the United States. The rest of the world is kind of a shit show. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. But if you live in a large metropolitan area of the United States, uh, go out and uh, hug your friends uh, be happy that you can be around them again, at least for the time being, until we are attacked viciously by the Delta variant. Because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Uh, I don't think I told you to tell them about the podcast, but you know what? Give that a rest for a week. Just enjoy their presence <laughs> while they're here. Uh, yeah. But in the future, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friends in the future. Tell your wife in the future. Tell your knife. <laughs> Future knife in the future. And uh, that's how we will have a show. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Two House, Multiple Bathroom Apartment Studios, no longer apartments, we want to wish John a happy birthday. Wow. Everyone's been wishing me so many birthdays. I'm 32 now. Holy shit. How does it feel to be 32? Bad. Good. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Great. That's the problem is when you're a a miserable person at a miserable job and you do your enlightened art. When you see your friends who are like 40 and they have like satisfied lives and they don't do a lot of art and they have like a grown dog and a wife and kids, you're like, you're lame. It's like, no, they're just happy. <laughs> <laughs>